the RTE Rugby World Cup podcast, sponsored by Bank of Ireland. Hello and welcome along to the RTE Rugby World Cup podcast, quarterfinal time in France, Ireland against New Zealand this Saturday night in Paris. Can Ireland finally get over the line in the quarterfinal hurdles at the eighth attempt or will New Zealand gain revenge for the Test Series last summer to discuss it all? Bernard Jackman is with us as usual on our Thursday pod. Birch, looking forward to this one. Yeah, look at um, mixed emotions all week. One confident, nervous, um, not sure, but look at we'll, uh, we're getting closer now, so we'll know on Saturday night who the best team is. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll go back and forth on those emotions over the next half an hour, forty minutes as well. Also with us this week, delighted to welcome on former All Black and Auckland Blues hooker, and now Sky New Zealand analyst and from the Atara Rugby Pod, James Parsons. James, welcome. It's the uh, second time in the in a row these sides have met in the quarters, but this one certainly feels like it's got a different edge to to four years ago. Yeah, it's um, pretty exciting to be honest. Um, it's not it's a rare occasion uh, for the ABs to sort of be underdogs, and when they have been underdogs, they don't have a, a great track record. But uh, nothing to lose, I feel for us. You know, backs against the wall. Um, it's it's probably a, an easier spot than. You know, Ireland, in terms of that expectation and pressure, like there's a huge expectation pretty much from a lot of people in New Zealand um, that they'll win this and they'll win the whole thing. Yeah, that's a nice kind of starting point to to jump off on then because, as you said, New Zealand being slight underdogs for this one is a, is a strange occurrence. And I kind of was curious to see what the feeling is in New Zealand in general around this because in Ireland, it's... I think it's similar enough to the way myself and Bernard have been speaking in these opening couple of minutes where we're kind of acknowledging the fact that Ireland technically are favourites, but it's it's not quite sitting right with all of us that, that we are favourites for a game like this. And you're kind of going back and forth and your emotions over it all week. What's the what's the feeling down in New Zealand? Is, is there confidence that, that the All Blacks will or can go on and win? I think like there's obviously a lot of nerves, um, to be honest, but there's a lot of interest in the World Cup. And I mean, that's one positive is rugby's getting a lot of eyes because of that uncertainty of result. I think as fans, you always like going to a game and having that uncertainty. But um, it's, it's probably 50-50 that uh, probably people publicly, you know, don't give us a chance. But then there's 50 that sort of probably, um, you know, sort of the history and what the jersey means and, um, I suppose what this side's shown when they've been under immense pressure, yes, they've had ups and downs, but when they've been under immense pressure, um, they've delivered. Birch, I think part of the the uncertainty this week is that we're probably just not entirely sure where New Zealand are at, where obviously they had the disappointing defeats to to South Africa and then maybe a less disappointing one to France, but obviously it was, it was a tough one to start the tournament. And they've had three big wins since, but you're taking the standard of the opposition into account and just because of it, it, it's far tougher to get a read on where they are, for example, compared to getting a read on, on where Ireland are, where they've slowly built up to, to quality opposition. And there's no real secrets to Ireland at the moment. Whereas we're just kind of wondering what kind of New Zealand are going to be there on Saturday. It could be, it could be any kind of an extreme. Yeah. And that's, that, that's so rare in, uh, in world cups because, you know, New Zealand are, are normally very strong two years, um, two years leading into it. But obviously, this this has been a bit of a chaotic prep for them, and that always hasn't led to success in World Cups. Obviously, there's been some high profile blow ups, but you kind of know what what team you're going to get. And also, obviously, post France, 
they have obviously been really impressive. But New Zealand have always had the ability to put away those minnows with probably uh, easy or in an easier fashion than than say someone like Ireland or or, or Scotland, etc. So I I think this is going to be a real test. I think we're better off with the fixtures we've had. Obviously, that big South Africa game week off Scotland. So we kind of have exposed little areas of a game that we need to um, improve on. And New Zealand are going to hope that that doesn't get exposed on. On Saturday, but there's still massive respect. Like you look at the quality of players in this New Zealand 23, and you know it would put the fear of God into you. Um, but and then the coaching staff fosters obviously vastly experienced. You know Joe Schmidt's in there, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and some incredible experience in the playing ranks. You know that have been there, done that, and those players know how to get that big performance out. So um, if New Zealand bring their best performance, well, maybe that's going to be too much for us. It's uh, there's so many unknowns. James, on that, like on the layout of the fixtures New Zealand have had, is there any any part of you that wonders, are they a little bit undercooked with the games they've had in the last few weeks? Or are you still confident just based on, I suppose, the muscle memory of the team that they'll be able to get themselves right up to the to the right pitch this weekend? I think what it's done, the positive out of sort of rotating is people have had to perform to get selected for this game. Um so the competition and squads and, and the way they're sort of prepping during the week um, sets them up for their success. But, uh, you know, I sort of said on my podcast, I really like the way Ireland did it. Um, personally, like um, just running the big guns against the minnows and just building those combinations. The, the only risk you have uh, when you do that is an injury, yeah. you know. So if you do some damage to some key players, then you're chucking players in that haven't had as many minutes. So I think South Africa and New Zealand, I got sent this thing today that they're the, you know, in terms of the squad, they're in the lower minutes for pretty much per player. Um, but again, that can go either way as well. You can be underdone in the big moments. So, uh, look, I, I've I've confidence that they know who their main twenty three is, and and I have confidence they would have put, uh, I suppose, a lot of hours in during the week, um, but not necessarily always um, in those games. Which I don't think is a bad thing because I mean, you know, we've all played the game. Um, and when you dominate sides that much, you probably get a little bit more out of training, that, that sort of last training before those big games in terms of those physical collisions. So I'm sure they've done the work there. Interesting as well, Birch, on, on the teams and you know the injury loads and stuff like that. Ireland naming their teams uh, naming their team a day earlier than usual, uh, just with the layout of, of not having to travel on, on Thursday and the players having their day off then. But uh, the bits that stand out, obviously, Mac Hansen is past fit and starts on the right wing. Jimmy O'Brien is on the bench. Uh, James Ryan misses out with that with that wrist injury. Ian Henderson continues to start in the second row. Don't think there was much of a surprise that Henderson was retained, but Ryan obviously misses out in a place on the bench. And it's Joe McCarthy who gets the nod as the second row replacement ahead of uh, ahead of Ryan Baird on Mac Hansen. How confident are you that by 8pm Irish time, 9pm local time in France on, on Saturday night that Mac Hansen will be starting on the wing? Look, it's a, there's obviously that doubt there. I mean, for a winger to to do his calf, you know, and then play seven days later um, is always uh, unlikely or, or looks unlikely or a bit of a risk. But to be fair to Farrell, he's never really played silly buggers with team selection. You know, other coaches in our sport, um, in our sport, James, uh, in our main sport in Ireland, hurling and Gaelic, uh, the teams that are announced are always a lot, are often a long way from the teams that actually runs out. But in rugby with Farrell, he's he's generally picked 
uh, a team that's that showed up and um yeah I think you'll all be watching that warm up on 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 Saturday night checking out Mac Hansen but I also think for, if it is a doubt and he pulls out it's probably good for Jimmy O'Brien to have you know just come in under the radar and obviously he came in last minute against South Africa in November did really well and he's built up a lot of experience with Leinster but it would be a blow for us to to lose Mac Hansen James Ryan is obviously a key man for our front five but Henderson you know is a is a probably more specialized liner caller and also had a big uh, a big performance last weekend against Scotland. So um, it's, uh, yeah, we, to be at this stage of the season, haven't played as many of our frontline players as we've had. We're actually in an okay position injury-wise. It certainly won't be like, you know, uh, against Argentina and France where, or in Wales where, you know, or we were decimated and knocked, went out limply in a, in a quarterfinal. This is as strong as we could probably hope for um, and against a, a very strong New Zealand side. Yeah, New Zealand not naming their squad until a lot later today, so I probably won't go too too much into that. By the time some people listen to this, the the team will be out. But James, on the on the Irish selection, when you look at Hansen being cleared to play, James Ryan missing out, what are the the main thoughts you had when you saw that match day twenty three? Yeah, I mean consistency of selection. Um, I'm a big believer, um, and if you get your your weeks right, and you get your team, you get those sort of combinations together, that's how you get those consistent performances. And that's what we've seen from Ireland for 12 months. You know, this uh, going into the 18th test, potentially winning in a row at a big tournament. Um, they haven't skipped a beat, um, this group. So, uh, I mean, look, we we have so much admiration for Johnny Sexton over here. Like, uh, we, we wax lyrically about his ability of, of the impact he has on the game and, and the impact he has on the players around him and just what he demands. Um, I can only imagine... Uh, he demands a hell of a lot more during the week, but he he's like a real orchestrator. Um, and his sort of combination with Jamison Gibson-Park with that Ford pack, um, you know, it, it's pretty to watch. They are the form team. And, um, you know, like uh, my mum, actually I'm quarter Irish, my mum's half Irish, and I have to convince her sometimes that to remind herself she lives in New Zealand and she needs to support the All Blacks because she's jumping on the island train at the moment. Where Whereabouts in Ireland is she from, do you know? I don't know, mate. I was, I was. Uh, she was born here in New Zealand, but my oh. granddad, who I never met, um, um, came from over there. So, very good. So, but worst case scenario, you'll have someone to cheer in the semi-finals. Semi-finals next <laughs> week. <yeah>? Oh, <laughs> mate, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be hurting. I'll be hurting. It's, um, it's exciting though. Like, as 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 tough as it is, like I think it's really good for the game. Like that uncertainty result get people back engaged. It's it's exciting times for, for rugby, I believe. Yeah. James, and, sorry, sorry I'd love to ask James a question around what you think about the All Blacks mindset. So I remember uh, I spent some time with Wayne Smith a few years ago and he, he spoke about the All Blacks. One of the big things is they have this, you know, hunter mentality rather than hunted. Um, and obviously at the moment, going into the matches, underdogs uh, um, and, the, and the, everyone talking up Ireland, effectively Ireland are the, are, are being hunted here by, by the All Blacks. And you think that will actually suit the All Blacks? Are they better out in front? And then just an interesting quote during the week, I, I read from one of the press conferences, if you're held down by the waves of the past, you won't be able to do anything. And you would think that that was an Irish player talking around our f- failure in previous World Cup quarterfinals, but it was actually Aaron Smith basically be, being asked about the, the All Blacks' form. And, and I think, obviously, you've got two teams who are maybe, Ireland obviously on form, but there's obviously that baggage of, you know, at the end of the day, if we go out to New Zealand, we've finished the same point 
that we finish in every other uh, every other World Cup pretty much. Um, and then the All Blacks, can they get over that fact that they they lost two two tests to Ireland and New Zealand, they lost to Argentina and New Zealand, obviously France at home in the opening game, the first All Black team to lose a, a group game. Um, I just fascinated what what do you think the mindset would be like in this All Black squad? And obviously the last thing is obviously Foster leaving. You know, is that something? The previous All Black teams I've I've, I've watched and admired kind of had that consistency of. Of coach as well, um, but obviously it's going to be a big change now after this uh, after this World Cup. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Like, <clears throat> I think if you like knowing the players that are in there um, and knowing their history, not only international rugby but Super Rugby, when the pressure comes on, it's almost like they they step up. Uh, if you look at Alice Park last year, I think that was a a really good example um, because. You know, it, it really hurt after that home series series loss, but that immense pressure on Fozzie um, and and the lads standing up in that moment shows that uh, I suppose when they have that sort of connection and, and that buy-in, they have the ability to beat anyone on their day. Um, but the the big thing for them will be controlling the emotion. You know, like I, I think you know, I've actually liked what's come out of the camp. They're really focused on themselves and not too focused on Ireland. You know, they can only control what they can control. Um, and then it's 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 controlling that emotion because you want that fire upstairs, absolutely. A fire in the belly, but you want to be cool upstairs um, because we know penalties will be dangerous against Ireland. They showed it when they were down here. Uh, their mindset was to go to the corner and suck the tank dry. Um, and, and that paid dividends in the last 20 minutes. And I, and I suppose if you look at this World Cup, the All Blacks have conceded the, most of their points in the last quarter. Um, so conserving that energy... Um, will be massive, but also conserving that emotional energy before the game that they're not flat. Um, so well, I definitely think they can do it. Um, we, we know they've got the performance um, in them and, and they've, they've got the chip on their shoulder. And, and I've said to a few people this week, I've got a number of Irish mates as well that just are loving this and, and getting into me. Um, but I think like it's a dangerous place to, um, you know, write them off. It, it, it's... Yeah, I I just think there's there's more more in this test match, and it'll come down to those sort of that last twenty, and I think the bench will play a massive role, especially around those indiscretions. That'll that'll be a big part of deciding this test match. Yeah, the the motivation side is the really interesting part as well, because I think both sides have an enormous amount. Like we're talking about New Zealand losing a a very very rare test series uh, last summer, but like on the flip side. Ireland also have the motivation, not just of the their quarterfinal hoodoo and losing to New Zealand four years ago and, and losing in such a brutal way as well. Like it was it was such a hammering. But but Birch, the other massive one that I think has probably kind of gone under the radar a little bit because we're probably all af- afraid to kind of mention it, but we're into the territory now where every time Johnny Sexton steps on the pitch, it it could be for the last time, not just in test rugby, but in rugby in general. And that has to be an enormous motivating factor for, for the rest of the squad. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And I think if you saw the reaction the players gave to Peter Manny for his 100 cap and they did it for Conor Murray back in South Africa, did it for Erzy against England. So there's there's a there's obviously a huge uh, respect for what those legends of Irish rugby have done. And, and the squad always seemed to get up to the, the pitch um, emotionally when, when they need to mark that. Obviously, this is a quarterfinal in its own it's all right, and the um, the the rewards are 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 clear. I mean, look at the reality is, 
both sets of players um are three weeks away from changing their lives. You know, particularly for Ireland because we've never been there before. But for Ireland to win a World Cup, it will effectively change those players and coaches' lives forever. You know, I I I'm lucky enough to do some stuff with some of the England team who who won the 2003 World Cup, and and they would tell you that. You know their lives changed on 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 that day in in Australia when Johnny Wilkinson kicked the drop goal, and um that's how that's how close they are to it. You know what I mean? Like there's kids playing rugby, dreaming about winning the World Cups. Well, these lads and Johnny Sexton, at 38 years of age, he's three weeks away from potentially uh doing that. Um, and I think that Far will lean on that this week. Far has been very good at building the the mindset, getting teams emotionally ready. Um, we did it against South Africa, and that was obviously number one in the world against the world champions and, and laying down a marker. Um, Scotland was a different thing and, and we, we blew them away. But uh, I think Sexton deserves um, an absolute uh, performance from from all the team uh, because of what he's done for them when they've had their big days as well. You know, he's, he's carried his team through, I would say, uh, so many games in, in his career. And uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be a sad day when he, when he eventually hangs up, but hopefully it's not Saturday night. I think... I reckon that might be like quite a key deciding factor. Like there is a lot of emotion in this test match for both sides, like you've just mentioned for Ireland, but you know, obviously losing down here at home and and you know, sort of wanting to get one back. I, I reckon the key would be for both sides is probably downplaying it during the week because you know what it's like when you're playing, like you don't need you know that's there. And if you play on it, you can probably hype it up too much and then you'll see a card or something early in the game which will just blow everything out of the water. So I reckon the side that controls their 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 mindset around there and keeping calm and just engaged in the process of it, which is extremely hard. But the one thing that your blacks have experience of by a truckload is finals footy, um, and how to prepare and how best to get a result. Because don't forget when when it was the last, uh, 2015 and 2011, the expectation was all on New Zealand. You know, so Ireland are in that position, but they've never been there. So it's for them, it's really controlling that and just knowing they've just got to keep doing what they're doing, which I'm sure they do. But for the All Blacks, it's like, man, we've been there. We know how to do it. And, and this is a blueprint. And those senior boys will step up this week to probably take the emotion out of it, I'd say. And, and Burst, that muscle memory of knowing how to do it in, in finals 40, as James says, like that's such an important thing. Yeah, but in fairness to Farrell, he's tried to replicate that without it being a World Cup, if, if you get me. So that was... That was part of the the thought process around that tour to New Zealand with five five games in, in in three weeks. Obviously, they lost the first test, managing to then it was knockout footy. Really, you know, he he talked about that. He talked about and actually the South Africa game, sorry, the, the Ireland Scotland game. They talked about it being a, a knockout game, a last sixteen game to try and get into that mindset of you know we we're good in cup final situations. The England game in the end of Six Nations. It's not a World Cup, but it was effective before a Grand Slam and. You know they built it up to be that. So what they, what they're very good at, James with Farrell and and the coaches is they, they start to build the motion up early in the week, and make sure that they feel they're they're ready, and then they ease off a little bit. You know, so it's not, it's not the morning of the match. Um, you know, a, a big pump up. It's it's get the emotional layer right early in the week, and then just kind of let it seep in. Um, so they're ready, and and they've they've done a very good job, and obviously. You know, I think testament to that is going on 17 match winning streak is there's been times when they've had to spike the emotion for France at home and, and, and South Africa at home in November, etc. But they've managed to be able to perform. And um, as you know, and that's why I think there's certainly fear for me when I look at an All Blacks team, because 
there's probably seven or eight players in that Allbacks team who have gone to the well at many times over their career and have been able to find that extra five or ten percent um in an all-back jersey or in a crusaders jersey or in a in a in, a, in another franchise jersey so um both teams have that in their locker and it's a case of who gets it right you know um and i like it, the fascinating thing for me is and so I, I did some things i did something with johnny sexton and and gary ringos last year and they both and they genuinely believe this they both believe that in a top in a, in a clash between new zealand ireland south africa ireland uh, South Africa, New Zealand, and France. There's, t- there's, a, there's a gap between those top four teams that effectively it may come down to a bounce of a ball on the day. And I think that's, I, I, I find it hard to understand that mindset because, you know, they prepare for four years uh, and they talk about a process, look after the process, the outcome, and the outcome will look after itself. But they also admit that effectively when you've got teams of that quality and that evenly matched, both teams can bring their A game and effectively a little bit of luck can decide it. So you're basically you're saying, oh, look, I could win a World Cup because I prepped for four years, or but also I could win a World Cup or lose a World Cup because of a bounce of a ball. You know, it's uh, it's tough. It must be tough to have to go out there on Saturday night knowing that sometimes circumstances outside your control could decide it. I, don't... I think that's again it. That that that's the mental play. Yeah. You know, like the person that makes a mistake or has that error, you can't compound that error with two or three more penalties. Because uh, then you're just piggybacking or knock on or whatever. The team that can ha- make areas, but you know, sort of absorb the pressure, um, you know, is, is critical. And I suppose if you do look at Ireland, like their accuracy, both sides of the ball, is immaculate. Like so, for us, uh, the All Blacks, we've got to show them something they haven't seen. You know, especially early in the game, you've got to put that pressure on the breakdown. I reckon that they take their time to obviously set Jamo up for those kicks. You know, Jamo was uh, 11 carries, eight kicks against Scotland, whereas Sexton was five carries, two kicks. It's like we've got to not allow them to kick on their terms or play on their terms. You've got to you've got to look, sort of shock them. And then you can, like Smithy was always big on this, is you show them one picture early, then you can show another picture, and it gets them thinking. It just gives them that moment of hesitation that maybe Sexton has to carry. Or maybe he throws that pass, it gets intercepted. Or maybe you you hit that ruck off the off the kickoff and the ball bobbles out and Jamison can't kick you know like from a stable base. All those little fights that you know it may only work once, but if you just keep going, you keep going, you keep going. That may be the one play, and, and that's that relentless mindset that you know the All Blacks will have to bring for eighty minutes. Like you cannot switch off against the side. Like if you look at Scotland, you know they tackled at ninety three percent, but they were all passive. You're not stop. You're just not stopping that, and that's why Jamo ran for eleven times because people are standing and watching what's going on out here. He's too good for that. So you need to be able to hit Jamo. Like if he has a run, he's got to go to deck and he's got to remain there. And same with Sexton. If he has a run, you've got to, you know, early on make them get out of their rhythm because at the moment they're making rugby look easy. Like they're just like it's it's a great way to watch watch footy. And then the desperation on D. Um, you know, like if you look at the two teams, statistically, the big difference is when Ireland make a line break, 62% of the time they score. Whereas if we, and we've made a lot more line breaks, but we only score 48% of the time, we're not going to get that many opportunities. So that accuracy of making those line breaks count is huge. And then, you know, obviously with Ireland's, you know, sort of pressure around, 
their defense and and their willingness to go to the well as you say like on the line and how they held South Africa out like like it's they've they've got their mojo going so the All Blacks need to knock that mojo a little bit to make them hesitant I think it's interesting what what James says there Birch about um the the tackle success that Scotland had where they're they were up well above 90 percent but they they obviously weren't making the tackles count so to speak and it's similar to what we kind of talk about with Gary Ringrose where you look at his stats at the end of a game and you might see three or four missed tackles in there and I don't know maybe eight or nine tackles made and it doesn't look good necessarily but then you look back at the footage and you see that on plenty of the tackles that he's technically missing he's he's kind of just funneling a player back into a really, really dangerous zone where a turnover might occur or where someone else is going to make a, a dangerous tackle. And is this, for New Zealand, is it about trying to to get Ireland into those situations where they're they're not necessarily just soaking up the pressure, but they're they're taking a little bit of a risk in defence to, to try force an error? Yeah, I think that's been the most noticeable thing about Ireland's defence of progress or, or transition under Simon Easterby. We've gone from being quite a passive team um, who made a lot of tackles, but very few impact tackles, very few forced turnovers. Um, and now you're seeing much more freedom. And not as, not as obviously evident as, as South Africa with Fafta Clerk obviously being a shooter, but Ringrose certainly has a license to make, make reads. And um, I don't need to get stressed about those missed tackles uh, because obviously it, it forces errors or sends people into down dark alleys. Um and yeah, against the All Blacks, like we're going to have to defend for our lives. And thank, thankfully, our defence against Scotland was excellent, but that's not really a litmus test of what you're going to face. I mean, All Black attack is far uh, more fluid. And even the Springbok game, you know, we we defended well against the Springboks. Uh, huge effort and honesty and, and good detail. But again, the box aren't the best attacking team in the world. If the All Blacks bring their best attacking game, that is the the only time I think you can judge your defence and say, yeah, we have a world-class defence. I think the, the All-Backs attack is actually better than the French attack. Um, over the course of 80 minutes, the French obviously have in, some... In, in, some... In, in what way is this like, better, would you well, say? Well, I, I would say their, their attention to detail on their first phase strikes is is better. So over the course of the last four games, they've identified very quickly and early, uh, before the game, areas are going to attack and have put together you know the strike plays to... Uh, to to hurt the opposition, started back in the French game uh, from the first the first line out play, um, and it, it's continued all the way through. And that was something that Joe Schmidt was very good at with Ireland. So, you know, we haven't been exposed off first phase uh, strikes yet, but you can be sure that Joe Schmidt will will have seen something that they'll go after. And if they can get you know a line break early off set piece, well then you know and get a score, well then they're into it. So, and then I think their phase attack. I mean. You know, everyone talks about Ireland's skill set across the board, but effectively that was driven by what New Zealand have done for ten years, where their forwards were um, had a higher passing percentage than any other four pack uh, in, in in world rugby, and um, you know they have they still have elements of that. It's not as that's part of the reason why maybe the, the results aren't as good as their attack has their general attack has has dropped a little bit. But when you look at the team they can put out and the and the quality that's in it. Um, I think this will be our biggest test um, overall for uh, in terms of our defensive capacity. It doesn't it doesn't really matter though um, how good your attack is if you don't win that breakdown. Yeah, you know, like that's the only thing that stuffs attack is is someone slowing your ball. And obviously, Ireland in the World Cup are number one 
that break down turnovers and, and just being disruptors. So I, I think you're right, especially early in the game. Like, I don't even think we need to throw passes out the back or tips or anything. You just got to go direct. Like, get Shannon Frizzell and, you know, Brody Retallick, uh, Scott Barrett just charging um, and, and trying to, you know, actually meet meet the contest early. We, we saw we executed it so well at Mount Smart Stadium against South Africa earlier in this year. Um, and if we can bring that sort of intensity in and around our collision areas, yeah, our attack is, you know, it's lethal. But they need time and space, like anyone. Uh, you, you can't do much without time and space. It doesn't matter how good you are on a rugby field. And breakdown, I mean, that was, it was a major factor in the, the test series last summer as well. Even just thinking back to right off the top of my head, I remember Ty Byrne in the final 10 minutes of that it was either of the, the second or third test making three turnovers inside his own 22 when the game was, what, nine, ten points of, yeah. of a swing there. And do New Zealand have the ability to to deal with Ireland on the ground like that? Like, have they improved as a as a forward pack over the last 12 months since since Jason Ryan came in? Oh, yeah, they've definitely improved. I mean, you just look at their set beats. Um, you know, they're moldy, um, their breakdown for the most part, but this will be the big test. I mean, that breakdown work will be big test. Having Shannon there is, is huge. We know what Artie can bring. Um, you know, I know you guys have been a bit harsh on our skipper, but man, that guy cleans more rucks than most. Um, and, and, and the boys love him. So, uh, and, and we know what Brody's done. You don't become world player of the year in the second row if you don't know how to do the business up front and then the flash Harry stuff. So, uh, there, there's a, there, there's the pack there. It's just, as I say, for some reason, you know, there's a little bit of little dips along the way. Um, but when the pressure comes on, they, they do seem to deliver. But I do think it's important to not, like, have that clarity of, right, once the ball goes to that middle forward, he's ducking his head and we're going to have six legs or at least four legs against two and, you know, have Irish players landing on their back and we're on top. The worst thing that could be do is send one up there, isolate them, and they go back and they land on their back. You know, that's only going to generate um, belief in the Irish team. So that first 10 minutes is just, it's going to be brutal. It's going to be great to watch, not so good uh, <laughs> for the bodies out there, but it, it, it'll be, um, I, I think, a sign of what the test will be. Yeah, just just on that, Jay. I don't know who's been slagging off Sam Kane, but I was just, I sorry, I was just no. about to ask you about that actually, Bert. Yeah, no, no. Well, I just I, I don't I think it's madness. I I I think he's he's well respected in Ireland, particularly amongst uh, uh, the anyone who's played against them. Um, so if, if someone has is having a pop off him, I think um, that's on call for. I know there's a bit of um, a bit of back chat between Peter Manny and him last year, but that's that's heat of the moment. That's stuff. good. I mean, yeah, that's heat yeah. of the moment. No, stuff. No. Uh, you know, genuinely, I think that back row you just mentioned. I think Frizzell obviously missed that French game. Um, I think he adds uh, adds a lot. Uh, I think Brody Brody is starting to find his form a little bit. You just little glimpses of that meanness, that edge, um, and that's what I'm, that's what like that's what I'm saying. I think some of those players may have dipped a little bit over the last two years, um, but. It's like us, like our Centurions, the Conor Murrays, the Peter Mannies, the Johnny Sexton's. They find they find their form again when the when it really matters. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think this is going to be a phenomenal Test match. And I was lucky enough to be there for France, New Zealand, and you know when that hacker was uh, was happening and just the the stadium just you could feel there was going to be a, a good game. Obviously, France managed to to turn it on the last in the last thirty and, and win the game. But uh, I think this is 
there's more there's more on the line now. You know, it was always clear New Zealand or France were going to qualify anyway, regardless who won that. Whereas this is knockout rugby and um it's gonna be special. I've I've been planning to ask you a handful of times, James, so far, but we keep going down these little tangents. But sorry, I uh, always go down rabbit holes, bro. <laughs> sorry, mate. It's a good sign. Joe Schmidt, obviously, is the you know, there's a massive Joe Schmidt narrative running it the whole way through this game. And I am kind of conscious anytime in Ireland when we see a lovely New Zealand try or a brilliant strike play that instantly we're going, oh yeah, that's that's Joe Schmidt's work right there, all the good stuff. Um, what has what has the general perception been of 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 what Joe Schmidt has brought to New Zealand in New Zealand? I suppose like I know a lot more um, about what his impact at the Blues was, um, the Super Rugby side. Like he helped out there as sort of like a resource coach and around that skills area. And it seems like he may have, you know, sort of taken that aspect to the All Blacks. And the big thing he focused on was breakdown. Like the the work he's put in and around that breakdown work and and how critical it is to do the flash tries um, is probably um, from hearing the lads, especially the Blues guys, like it was, it was um, you know, a lot of hard work, a lot of body on body. Like he's obviously pretty ruthless in his application, but I'm a firm believer if you don't do it during the week, you're not going to be able to do it on the weekend. So I kind of like that. And, and it made, um, that was the year the Blues made it all the way to final, just fell one short, but it was a big difference for the Blues and, and getting that speed of ball for guys like Bodie and that to have that time and space. But also, as I was saying before, disrupt it. It's that disruption, that ruthlessness to try and get the ball to bobble for Jamo so he can't have that clean base. Birch, do you see every now and again, are you seeing little elements of the All Blacks play and thinking, okay, there's there's Joe's fingerprints all over that? Yeah, for sure. And even going back to that first test and um like just they varied it up. They went to that third third forward uh, across two and it hurt Ireland there. And Ireland actually stole that and just kept it in their locker, tried it against South Africa. So the All Blacks have always been at the or have traditionally been at the forefront of of um, innovation and 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 probably forging the way the game has been played and coached, and that's probably the question you know that's been asked now is has there been too much sharing from the All Blacks and have they lost that 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 edge? It's very difficult in the world at the moment with you know with so many players and coaches moving from Northern Hemisphere to Southern Hemisphere and um, to basically keep that IP uh, to themselves. But I don't think it's a case of bringing anything new on Saturday. It's literally just doing. The basics incredibly well. Like, if you think back to that France New Zealand game, it was New Zealand scrum in the first half, gave away three penalties, nine points for Ramos, and that you know, and because France were were struggling a little bit, so you know, uh, is that better now? Obviously, there's a bit of question mark around um, some of the props, in, injuries, etc. Uh, line out, Ireland's line was good against uh, against Scotland, but over the last couple of uh, months, it's it's hasn't been top level. And then I, I totally agree with James, with James. The breakdown is massive. The breakdown has always been the heartbeat of, of New Zealand rugby. Um, quick ball, cleaning out bodies, taking people off their feet. Ireland have spent a huge amount of time on that. Our breakdown is very good. But, I mean, you know, it, it, whoever wins that battle and whoever gets on the right side of Wayne Barnes as well um, yeah. it, it will win the game. How do you see, like, if you're trying to get a read on Wayne Barnes for what he's going to to want at the breakdown this weekend. Is there, are there any telltale signs from, from games down the years of of what he seems to allow or what he seems to be a little bit more harsh or lenient on Birch? Yeah. Um, uh, I think 
I've been surprised by the by the reaction to some of the Irish rugby public about Wayne Barnes getting the game. I actually think Wayne Barnes is a, is a very good referee. I think it's I think it's because he referees Ireland and Irish teams yeah. so much. You're know, ba- you're Irish. bound to find a couple of bad defeats in there. <laughs> oh, totally. But if you, I actually look back at the stats, and it's been pretty. Uh, it's been very much in favor of Ireland. And I don't think that he's decided any of those games. Yeah. To be honest, I think I think he's a really good referee. He's very experienced, which is going to be key because um, this is going to be. So intense. I mean, the atmosphere, uh, the atmosphere is going to be electric. There's a lot of pressure on referees, pressure on to make decisions quickly, um, which is making it harder. And I think we need his experience. And he's a good communicator as well. And he knows both teams very well. So no, I'm I'm I was delighted when I saw Wayne Barnes. Um, and regardless of whether we win or lose, I, I won't be saying afterwards it was Wayne Barnes' fault. Um, or or credit to him. I think this game will be won by the players. And just to, to go alongside that then, James, as well as break down to be able to hand, handle or figure out what Wayne Barnes is doing, keeping 15 players on the pitch. We saw how important it was in the in the test series last summer. We've been speaking about it so much, about how, how excellent Ireland's disciplinary record has been, three yellow cards in the space of two and a bit years. Um, Like, you, you can't really overstate it. Keeping 15 players on the pitch is is quite important. And it was something New Zealand struggled with 12 months ago. They've improved since then, obviously, but this weekend wouldn't be the right time to let that start slipping. The emotion is the key bit there, I, I believe. like It'll be like a, a head that you don't see in a breakdown. If you just go aimlessly in with a shoulder, um, you know the emotion in that first collision, making sure that body height's low, you can still absolutely chop people in half if you if you get yourself low enough. So um, I think for both sides, you'd hate to see it decided by something like that. But I agree with you with Wayne Barnes. Like the one thing I admire about him, whenever I've watched him, if he makes a call in the first minute, he'll do it in the 80th. And, and there's a lot of refs that don't do that. And it, it used to irritate me. It's like, man, if it's good enough then, it has to be good enough now. Um, so... Uh, I, I think it's good. Like, man of his experience, it is going to be a doozy. There'll, it'll be, how many seats is it at that place? Uh, 80,000. Up around 80,000, yeah. 80,000. So there'll be 79,000 Irish and 1,000 Kiwis. <laughs> and they'll be singing that song that they love. Um, but uh, uh, there's there's probably no better man place to deal with that pressure because it's going to be a cauldron for him just as much for the players. Yeah, finally on that, just to mention the atmosphere, Birch, like having, if I'm going off what the atmosphere was like on full time on last Saturday night after Ireland beat Scotland, if Ireland do actually go and win this thing at the weekend, I don't know what's going to happen to the Stade de France. It's going to go crazy. I think, look, the atmosphere in the, Scot- in the Scotland game was, was great, but effectively the game was over yeah. at half time and, and uh, people were more interested in, in singing and see what was coming on the DJ list, but this this game will go down to the last minute, like South Africa. Um, yeah, and then people will just be trying to get tickets for for Friday week if we if we manage to get through. So it's been um, now look at the amount of Irish fans. It's it James. It's been, you you said New Zealand has been good for New Zealand rugby and and the and the profile of rugby in New Zealand because there's that sense of of jeopardy and doubt. Well. Um, the confidence levels here and the momentum it's it's starting to build um, and you're getting people who've never been to the Viva because it's so hard to get tickets joining this um, uh, this movement of uh, and, and hope uh, it's, be, it's been incredible for, for rugby in Ireland I think in terms of eyes eyes on the game that normally wouldn't watch it Nice way to wrap it up 
quick fire prediction time. We obviously didn't mention the other quarterfinals, but I'm going to get one word answers on all of them now. First of all, Wales against Argentina, Saturday afternoon, four o'clock kickoff. Birch, first up. I think Argentina will have one game in them, um, and I think it could be this week, so Argentina. James? Yeah, Argentina. Just based on Carrera's performance and Jocavares last week, they, they seem to get their mojo of it. I'm going to skip over the big one until the very end. Sunday, then, the other quarterfinal, England against Fiji in Marseille. Birch? Nah, England. I think Fiji will be better than they have been against Georgia and Portugal, but England will kick, kick them to death. James? I'll go Fiji. Good stuff. Uh, France, South Africa, then. Sunday night at Stade de France. James, you can lead us off on this one. Yeah, South Africa. I think, you know, if you looked at the... Um, Squads and and your guys' team, you know that that's probably where everyone's looking in terms of favourites for this tournament. And I don't know; they just don't care about anyone else but themselves, and I do love that about them. Birch, yeah, South Africa. I think I I left that Ireland game, Ireland South Africa, which we obviously won, but I actually left it having more respect for South Africa and more fear. I think they knock out rugby will will absolutely suit them. The defence, kicking game, power, um, and I think they'll do a number on France. Right, finally, the big one, Saturday night, Ireland, New Zealand. Birch, take us away. Who's going through to the semi-final to take Ireland, Argentina? Ireland 26, um, France. Ireland 26, the All Blacks 24. James? 23-18, All Blacks. All right, Predi- predictable enough stuff, predictable <laughs> enough stuff. Fellas, it's been great. Just a reminder to everyone as well, Ireland, New Zealand, live on RT Radio 1 on Saturday night, 8 o'clock kickoff Irish time. And you can also watch on RT2 and RT Player England against Fiji, England against Fiji on Sunday and France against South Africa. That's a double header live from 3.30 p.m. Uh, fellas, this has been great. Birch, thanks as always on a Thursday. And James, if New Zealand win at the weekend, who knows? We might be phoning you up and getting you back on again over <laughs> the next couple of weeks to, to look oh. ahead to a semi-final or final. But it's been brilliant having you on. And uh, we will be back on the RT Rugby World Cup podcast early next week. Hopefully recapping a famous World Cup quarterfinal win for Ireland. We'll speak to you all then. The RTE Rugby World Cup podcast, sponsored by Bank of Ireland.